0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers
1: on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few
2: of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is
1: our favorite things Yay. happy happy throwback
2: Thursday. Happy Kevin.
1: Thursday, Roberto. I don't know why we have decided to do it very formally now. I don't know why. I feel like we should have like little bowlers and umbrellas and just like a monocle and not I mean, to it. Oh, each other. hello.
2: So, welcome to Throwback No, throw not that. Now we're going oh, too far. Okay, sorry. Now that's a little too much pull for back. everybody. Pull, no. pull it back, Kevin. Pull, pull it back, Kev. <laughs> pull back. back. How have you been? Good. Real good. Yeah. How's your lovely wife doing? Oh, Sutton is good. Yeah. She's real good. What is she up to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is she up to? She's, uh, You know what she does as her day job, as you might say? She's an actress as well. We met playing Romeo great and Juliet. Actress. Oh, so
1: I talked over you. No, she's good. She's a great actress. She's, but well, you were saying, how did you
2: guys she's meet? Fan, we were Romeo and Juliet, and Romeo and Juliet barf like amazing that's romantic That's adorable that is romantic she's good she's but her day job is uh she's i I, we have to find another word but right now we say child wrangler but not like in the broadway sense where you take care of where you're the stage manager of the young people in a show but she works on photo shoots and she's basically the liaison between the photographer and the child so if the photographer wants the the two year old to do a downward dog pose with one leg in the air and one hand in the air you know and smiling um, with one eye closed then Sutton does that she makes that happen so any if you see any period, anything from Target Uniqlo Amazon.com any of that stuff with children and Sutton's behind the reason why that they are doing whatever they're doing that is incredible she loves it she's like Mary Poppins she's got a bag that she brings and out of that bag uh, sometimes when you touch the bag it will either fart or make bells and whistle sounds because she's got all these weird toys in there she does have a fart machine i'm not kidding you she must love that job she loves it she loves it and that she's good at it she's, so man, good at it. she's, she's good good a clown at i mean she's basically a clown on set so that is so yeah. cool how did she get into that she would worked for her aunt is a stylist on photo shoots and sutton had worked as an assistant for years uh for years and oh. years and years and had seen the wrangler doing that kind of work and then finally after like eight or nine years the wrangler was like hey Why don't you apprentice? Why don't you learn to do this as well? And so she did, and now she does it all the time. That would be great. Yeah. Can she come and work with some of the actors I work with? (laughs) They're not children. But every
1: once in a while,
2: <laughs> you know, sometimes you, know. you can need to get out your little feather duster and get there, <laughs> put it on their nose, and make them smile. <laughs> my production of Hello Dolly, I'm doing
1: where they're all in a downward facing dog with my eye open. I love it. We really need that. It's gonna be so Let's good. Go, <laughs> it's gonna call
2: <laughs> on Dolly. Can yeah. you
1: just imagine like all in their like <laughs> their dog poses. How are you doing? This. I'm doing really good. I'm doing. Mm. Good. I'm. A, you know what? I'm a little tired. There was a good movie on last What'd night. What'd you watch? So I was watching, wow, it's kind of embarrassing. Tell me, um, I was watching uh, The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Okay,
2: yeah, that is. And I really love
1: The Wedding Singer. Yeah, wow. I really, I, I'm going to say you like this. Adam Sandler, Rob. Well, being Rob Schneider. <laughs> and considering he and, and featured I featured in every one of his movies, I'm featured in every one of his movies. I will say this about him: there are so many movies of his that when they come out, people give them like one star and they pan them and they yeah. see their like horrible. where they had to be gay. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, what was I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry? Come on. Now I'll be honest with you: these are movies I'm like these. I never see them in the movie theater. Right. I'm like, what is this? What, how dare you? Yeah. C- give me a foreign pretentious <laughs> film where they all talk very quietly in right. French to each other and. <laughs> Something serious is happening.
2: <laughs> Michelle Legrand is playing in the background. Michelle- <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's always a cello in a minor key to tell you trouble's coming. <laughs> totally. But when I watch them on TV, I think they're so funny. Huh. So there was a marathon. It was that. It was, I think we had talked about this before, Zohan, Zohan. which I'm really obsessed oh with. Oh my gosh. There was 51st Dates with Drew Barrymore. That's actually, I like that which one. I think it's really sweet. Yeah. And then there was that Jack and Jill movie.
2: Nope, nope, don't know it.
1: I saw a trailer for this. He plays uh, his sister in drag. No. And I thought, oh, this no. is a, it's a fake trailer. They're mocking something. Right. No, it's an actual legitimate movie. Ouch. Yes, yeah, so I kind of watch those. Don't you judge me. <laughs> Don't you judge me. It's either that or Stairway to Stardom. So. <laughs> my, my husband has put a moratorium. My husband has said there are two things I cannot be listening to anymore. One is Stairway to Stardom, and one is the opening number of Bright Star on repeat.
2: Oh, I love that.
1: So I listen to it all the time. And as soon as she goes, if you knew my story, he literally yelled at me. goes, I know your story.
2: <laughs> I've heard it 20 times
1: today. I know your oh, story.
2: I saw Bright Star and just had the most amazing time in the I theater. it was really good, It was too. really special. If you've not listened to the really cast special. recording
1: of Bright Star, get
2: it, because it um, really is yeah. wonderful. Isn't it special? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very uh, special. Speaking of
1: special, Kevin, what's special for you today?
2: All right. I'm bringing you a book. You're going to know this book right away because it's on your shelf. I see it. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it's, and I, I really love this author. And I think that he writes really, really – incredible. I was on vacation and I brought the book with me and I read it in four days. I reread it because it had been a while. And it, he takes musical theater, analyzes it by the decade. What's the author? Oh, it's Ethan Morden. Ethan Morden. Yeah. And this is, this is Coming Up Roses, the musical of the 19 – the Broadway musical – On the 1950s.
1: Good year. I thought you were going to refer to the book called It's Not Your Fault, You're a Fat Ass. (laughs) Parentheses. It's always your parents' fault. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Order that extra chicken sandwich from Burger King. Clothed parentheses.
2: (laughs) Exclamation mark. (laughs) Exclamation mark. Oh, man. I see all four of his, five of his series (laughs) there. (laughs) I mean, he... He he literally does did, did I think he started in the forties and the thirties I believe is where he does, talks about the plays of the thirties maybe oh
1: yeah okay so because I'm looking at I'm looking at it on the shelf here yeah. so Ethan Morton uh, he wrote uh, sing I, for I, your supper night, uh, let's see make believe sing for your supper beautiful morning. Coming up roses, opening a new window, 50s, 60s. One more kiss, 70s, and the happiest corpse ever
2: seen. He's written seven 80s. books. Incredible about about the decades in, in musical and, theater history. Yeah, and, okay. And his, I have to say, uh, before I get, jumping into this book, his research is outstanding in these books. And the now, book,
1: the book you read, I'm sure, was called Coming Up Roses. Yeah, it's it was the 50s one. This is
2: the 50s one, Coming so up roses. And, which is a really cool book because you really see the evolution of musical comedy and the effect that Rodgers and Hammerstein had on uh, musical theater. I mean, basically, they did they did serious musicals where no one had really done that before we're used to maybe star vehicles where you know musical theater came out of the vaudeville era so you're used to getting you know people that would have a loose storyline and then the star would like you know do their funny bits like bert Lahr would be a clown and he would do his stuff you know and then there'd be like a little story within but the songs didn't always further the plot well roger and hammerstein came along with oklahoma and carousel and king and i and it was like well guess what guys we can have a really serious story about this woman going to Siam, and you know, and having an effect on this king, and it's very serious. People die. It's tragic, you know. And that was that was we take it for granted now, but that was completely new. So what's cool about this book, and I, in in Ethan Morden's take on it, is how that evolved and how we get to West Side Story, how we get to Gypsy by the end of the fifties. Some people may disagree with some of his opinions. I I perhaps don't agree that Riff and Tony in West Side Story are lovers. I didn't really. I don't go for that. I don't subscribe that Riff is in love with Tony. I, I understand that Mercutio and Romeo may, have, but you—I don't know. I, don't, I think that's that's an opinion.
1: Just to be clear, in the production I directed two years ago, Shut up. Riff and Tony were lovers. Oh, were they off stage?
2: Oh, uh-
1: <laughs> so yes, I, I have seen productions. I've seen. I've seen productions where Shrank and Tony were off. Gee, um, Officer Krupke had so- <laughs> a totally different take. But.
2: So it's a very, he's opinionated, but for the most part, I really like his opinions. But his, like I said, his research, though, I feel like this man, all he does is sit and listens to, like, By the Beautiful Sea, goes to the library, and then reads the libretto. And then, because he is so, every flop that he talks about, every hit he talks about, every, I mean, there, he must talk about at least 30 shows in these, in these books, at least 30, 40. And he's done all of the research on it. Like, he, he'll even include dialogue from the show in the book. So you can see an example of like how it was still vaudeville in style or how it was, you know, serious in style or how it was just terrible. And he's he's judicious with his material, but you get you get the famous shows, you get shows that maybe you've never heard of, uh like two like you know, star shows like Two on the Isle, you know, um, starring Dolores Gray and um Help me out. Bert, Bert Lahr? Yeah, Bert Lahr. Or Betty Davis in Two's Company. Oh, like, Betty Di- Yeah. Like who, I mean, who's dying to hear that again? But, but he, <laughs> he, he talks about how in the early 50s, you know, the that that was sort of the star vehicle with you know fluff and no stuff you know was kind of fading away that and he gives the reasons why and and then he evolves to what happens you know in the later 50s when things got real smart and they uh you know of course West Side story and gypsy but um so i, I think it's and it's a fun read it doesn't come across as academic at all it, you know because you just read the 70s one didn't you oh yeah i just
1: yeah i did the 70s one and I, that's a really good point kevin because a lot of musical theater history books or theater history books in general are so dry and, totally, and and to be honest with you, we love this stuff. And even there, sometimes I'll be reading it, going, "Oh, you got to be Snooze kidding me. Well, there's
2: that one anthology book that's the uh, oh, uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about? It's yeah. huge. It's it's, it's uh, and it literally is literally a reference book. It's like every single show. It's more. Um, oh God, Boardman Gerald Boardman, yes, is that right. That's exactly yeah, right. The, of course I mean, you
1: know because I teach musical theater history. Yeah. those are good to have if I'm looking for a date or something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that. But these books by Ethan Morton are really fantastic, and they're very funny. He has a lot of wit in there. And you're right. The nice thing is, is his opinions instigated debate.
2: Yeah. Between himself and the reader. Exactly. And that's really wonderful. Totally. And I read it years ago, and then I reread it again a, a week or two ago. And I, I knew all of the shows because I've, I've listened to a lot of stuff since then. So I, when he talks about Top Banana and he talks about certain shows that are not famous, I like having listened to them. But having not listened to them, you still get the same out of it. He's wonderful. He is. And what he does is he, he'll take iconic shows like Guys and Dolls or Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and he'll form the chapter around how that show was an influence on... The world of musical theater as we know it, and then the the next chapter will be like 1952 on the street. So, meaning, what would you, what were the shows that were playing Broadway on the street, and the effect that maybe they were lesser known shows, but that they were still, you know, historically very important, and that they were they helped with the evolution of of what we know as theater today. Because a lot of people think that you know we just you know came out with Hamilton like that, but if there was no Sondheim, there'd be no Hamilton. If there was no Hammerstein, there'd be no Sondheim, you know, and so on yeah. and so forth, you know. And it, I like the context of how we got to where we are today you know and i I appreciate the history of it all and i i find that he does too and i i don't have the time i would like to have the time to sit and read through every single libretto and learn why certain shows were not good and but this man has done it and i thank him for it thank you ethan thank you for all the research you've done because my goodness you spent a lot of time at the library. He'd, and I haven't read it yet, but he just released a new book about Sondheim.
1: And really? I, think he goes through, I think he goes through all of Stephen Sondheim's works. Interesting. I'd like to read that. I would, too. That'll be our next project. I, I think so. We can read chapters to each other. <laughs> How exciting will
2: that be? <laughs> the sad <laughs> thing is, is it kind of We could be- <laughs> do that. I would need some help along the way. <laughs> I could can, I can totally do that. <laughs> so yeah, so my book is, uh, I have Ethan Warden's Coming Up Roses, but you can pretty much pick any one of his decade books and, and find some really good juicy stuff in there, and it's, it's really it's so really fun. Good. And it gives you, he gives you a lot of little tidbits that maybe you didn't know about certain stars, Gwen Verdon, or so and so forth, and you get little kind of backstage stuff as well, which I, I like and I appreciate. Which helps
1: understand why certain decisions were Indeed. made in the musical. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah but please pick up the books. They actually go for really good prices on Amazon. Yeah.
0: Got your happy price, price. line. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah,
0: <sighs> oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today,
1: my friend. Mine, you know what? I'm actually going in the 1960. Ooh. So your 50s have ended, okay. so now I'm in 1960 for you. All right. The year. The year 1960. Oh, boy. The creators of this musical... Wrote four musicals in the 1960s. I think it's the best one out of all four. I even think it's better than the ones that came before 1960, because they collaborated in the 50s as well. Julie Stein, Betty Comden, Adolph Green.
2: Of course. Is this uh, Do Re Mi? Do Re Mi! Oh, wow. I thought it was 61. Nice. Do Re Ray. Me, I don't know this. You don't know it. I don't. I confess that I do. I, I it's on my like I, I have that list of things of shows that I need to listen to, and that is on it. And I just haven't ever gotten to it. it I'm going to recommend
1: that there's two great so there's two great cast recordings of Do Re Mi. Actually, there's three. There's the original Broadway one. Right. There's a London version. Right. And then Encores did it in 1999, and they made a recording of that. I actually prefer the Encores version. So just for for those of you who are unaware, Do Re Mi is a musical uh, about a minor league con man who's not very successful at all, (laughs) who decides that he's going to go legitimate by going into the business of jukeboxes. He's going to sell jukeboxes. And what he's going to do is is he's going to sign a great young recording artist, and her work will only be featured in the jukeboxes that he sells. So it's the first time he's ever going to attempt at going legitimate in his career. And he's got a wife who's constantly harping at him and nagging at him, saying, you know, you've got to give up these real small idea, flash in the pan type things. And she wants him to take a job with her father in his cleaning business. He's a dry cleaner. So the whole musical is about this man who really is a loser, who I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. It's fine. Ends a loser. Mm. And the one thing he realizes that he has is his great marriage. Mm. It's very sweet. Wow. It's very touching. The business goes nowhere.
2: Is that why it's called what,
1: Do-Re-Mi? It Do-Re-Mi, like the because it's the musicality yeah? of it. The, originally, it was Phil Silvers. Phil Silvers, yeah. And Nancy Walker, who you might remember oh. as Rhoda's mom or uh, on Rhoda, or yeah. Sophia Petrillo's sister on The Golden Girls, and Angela, of as B. Arthur would say. And they are wonderful together, and there's a clear chemistry there. The revival, here's this cast, ready for the revival? Oh, gosh. Nathan Lane. Of course. Or the Encore c- c- CD, I should say. Nathan Lane, Randy Graff, our oh, first guest, Randy yeah. Graff, in those roles, and the young couple, Brian Stokes Mitchell and Heather Headley. Dang. Were the young couple. in the, So that's why I prefer the... Revival One, yeah. I think I think they they're they're really, really wonderful, and that's that is the musical. This is why I think it's actually one of the best things that they've done. The score for bells are ringing, which they did prior to this, mm-hmm. and you all know just in time and perfect relationship. The score, I think, of Bells Are Ringing is more fun, but the score for Do Re Mi really moves the plot along. I think it's a really great example of using the score to the best of its ability. So Mm. it might not be as fun as Bells Are Ringing, but I think it's actually, when you put it all together, makes a much more interesting Musical, And there are some great, great songs in there, things like Adventure, things like a song called Ambition. One of the funniest numbers is a number called The Late Late Show, in which Phil Silver's character is explaining all of the characters that he sees while he's watching movies late at night. And he goes through 30 different impressions of actors, and it's brilliant. But the big song that comes from Do Re Mi that I think everybody knows. Is it makes Someone Happy? Makes Someone Happy. Yeah. So it's a wonderful show. It's a great show. The other musicals that they did in the 60s would be Subways Are for Sleeping, Fade Out, Fade In, which we've talked about already. And Hallelujah Baby. But the best, I think this is the best one. And in addition to listening to the score, please look at the original pictures of the set. Because the set was designed by Boris Aronson. Genius. And he conceived the set as an enormous pop art jukebox. And it used collage. And one of the cool things is the first scene takes place in a nightclub where the wife is waiting for Phil Silvers to show up. And she's just sitting around waiting. The tables and chairs were mostly illustrated. Mm-hmm. And Boris Aronson put real actors, sometimes sitting at a table, talking to an illustration of a person. This had never been done before. So it had this very impressionistic... Sunday in the park, wow. Yes, this very impressionistic wow. feeling of it. So actors would have conversations with illustrations. Nobody had ever seen anything like this totally. before. So look at the original illustrations and listen to the score. It really is fantastic. So once again, that's Julie Stein, Comden and Green, book by Garson Kanan, a very oh. famous playwright who a lot of young people might know as being the author of the book Smash in which the television show Smash that interesting. was based on, interesting. in addition to great plays like Born Yesterday. Yes. So, Do Re Mi, fantastic score. Take a listen. That's wow. my favorite thing. my favorite is, thing. What is yours, Mine's my Mine's the book,
2: Ethan Morton's 1950s, Coming Up Roses, the Broadway musicals of the 1950s. So once
1: you're done with Coming Up Roses, pop over to 1960 for a little Check moment out. and take a look at Do Re Mi. That's awesome. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens Brown paper packages tied up with strings These are a few
0: of my favorite things